Welcome to the Wild Minute with Troy. So many things to like about last night and not enough time. Wild win 5-1 to one in Game 3 at XL Energy Center in front of a raucous crowd. By all reports, one of the loudest crowds in Wild playoff history. That's what happens, folks, on a Friday night when you get out of work at 5 and have four hours to hang out on West 7th before packing XL Energy Center and giving the Wild an extra push as they won what really was a must-win game when they came back home with the series split at 1-1. to The Wild take a two-games-to-one lead in the best-of-seven series. They play tomorrow night, that's Sunday night, at 5.30 p.m., broadcast locally on Bally Sports and on the national network, we believe, again, is TBS. And that will be a pivotal game for both teams. And actually, let's be honest, every game in a best-of-seven series is pivotal. They've played a little bit of tennis and volley back and forth. The Wild won. Stars answered in game two. Wild come back. Open up the two-game series here at home with a convincing 5-1 to win. And like I said, so many things to like. But the key for the Wild is not to let this, I think Dumbo was the one who said it best yesterday, let's not just go every other here and get into this routine where we win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Let's win game four. Let's take a three-game-to-one lead and really be in command of the best of seven series, and that's what the Wild need to do. couple quick things for you before we get you going on your day. Let's talk about Moose. First off, before we talk about Moose, I want to say one thing. Uh, in my media law class back in college, and yes, that's longer than I care to know, I learned a term called mea culpa. Now, I know everyone listening knows what that means, but at the time, a 19-year-old kid from Malacca was unaware of what this, uh, what foreign term mea culpa means. I'm going to issue one right now. When I listed the lineups, previous podcasts, I made two assertions. One, Moose has not been playing like the Moose of old, and quite frankly, he's either hurt or he's aging, but things are slowing down. He anchored Boldy's Boldy's line and pulled things back. He really wasn't even suitable for the third line, in my opinion. And we uh, cautiously advocated for the Moose to go down to the fourth line. More on that in a second. One of the other things Wild Minute with Troy uh, lobbied for was we had seen enough of Zuccarello. One goal in the last 15 games. He made a disappearing act somewhere in January, well before his uh, Batman and Robin partner, uh, Kaprizov, got hurt. And uh, he faded in the playoffs last year, faded in games one and two. We didn't see much of him. I was advocating for him to go to the third line, literally, and move Gus Nyquist up to the first line with Kaprizov. So let's get back to that term, mea culpa. That's exactly what this is. I'm issuing a mea culpa. I was wrong on both accounts. I'm quite convinced the Moose nor Zuki listen to the Wild Minute with Troy. But if they do, I'll take credit for the motivation because both of those guys had the best game they've played for Moose all season. For Zuccarello, clearly two months. Moose was a man possessed out on the ice last night. He got that tipped goal that they initially called a high stick, and then Toronto said, no, 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 that stick was even with the crossbar. That's a good hockey goal. And that was Moose's, uh, that was a key goal. And then, of course, who did you notice on the ice throughout that two-and-a-half-hour game more than anyone else? It was number 17. It was Marcus Foligno. Not only was he getting things done on the ice defensively, finishing his checks, causing problems, in the neutral zone, causing problems in the corners. And then, of course, the aforementioned goal. He also was chirping quite a bit to Dallas. 
And, I, and I'm okay with that. This is what happens in a seven-game series. And Moose is clearly under their skin, and I hope he continues to uh, follow 20 around and make sure that uh, Ryan Suter knows we're done cross-checking Kaprizov. We're done with the cheap shots. And also, it's nice to see Moose contribute on the scoreboard. Now, let's get to Zuccarello on the top line. Kirill Kaprizov needs another scorer on that line. Hartman playing on one leg. We can't say enough good things about this kid. Holy cow, has he been grinding it out and not nearly 100%. But Mats Zuccarello, we hadn't seen for a while. He had been, the only time you noticed 36 was when he made a turnover, when he inevitably would pass to no one there, and it would lead to an odd man rush the other way. Well, last night, Zuccarello was everywhere. Zuccarello had two goals. He was active. He was making plays. He could have had four goals. I think he hit two posts and a crossbar in addition to his two goals. So welcome back, Mats. We love seeing you on the top line when we need your contributions. The other thing I want to touch on, the Minnesota decor. My goodness. I'm going to, I'm going to name them all. Spurgeon, Dumba, Brodeen, Middleton, Klingberg. Faber, all six did their role. They were where they were supposed to be. They covered their assignments. They didn't take chances. They didn't turn the puck over. Seriously, I don't have the stat sheet in front of me, but how many turnovers did the Wild make last night? Not many. Not many at all. And that's those, those three decors were outstanding. All play, all six played with what Dean Evason has been Actually, Dean Evison should get credit, by the way, for the marketing slogan, slogan, grit first, because that's a term he uses all the time, and that's, that's what the Wild played with last night. All six of the defensemen, 22 block shots yesterday. Dumba, Klingberg, Faber. This is the Dumba we can get on board with. Now, we've talked. He's an he's a, a unrestricted free agent. By all means, he will likely be gone, and he should be. They can't throw him four or five million. They don't have the money even they wanted to. But this is the Dumba. The Wild fans have been waiting for, and he had another good playoff game yesterday. Brock Faber, go for two weeks ago. How can this kid, who isn't even legal drinking age, be a calming, soothing presence on the ice? That's what number seven is. So fun to watch. And then John Klingberg, after an injury, missing two games, and quite frankly being, being not only a defensive mess, but turning the puck over on the blue line in the offensive zone. He came in and was a plus three last night. And we still think he can add something to that power play. No one, no blue liner on the wild team walks the line like uh, John Klingberg, just looking for that open lane to get to Jake Ottinger. Speaking of Jake Ottinger, the Gus Bus is the goalie in this series. Jake's been relatively average so far. You could tell early Ottinger wasn't tracking the puck well. And uh, if you're a, if you're a Stars fan, you were you were uh, questioning a couple of those goals that uh, Jake gave in. But uh, and let's go really quickly. This one wasn't in my notes. Mojo. My goodness, Marcus Johansson. How many ankles are you going to break in one play? That goal was phenomenal. He had a guy in front of him, eight feet out. Miller just playing D, skating back between him and Ottinger. Mar- Marcus just said, I'm just going to go around you so I can be straight on with Ottinger and I'll beat him. And then I'll flip it up to the left side. And that's exactly what uh, exactly what Mojo did. So just a great all-around game. And one last thing, Dean Evison had to watch this game and go, this is my kind of game. This is my kind of team. We talk about identity. We talk about this. We talk about that. This last night, folks, 
that was what a Dean Evason game looks like. Now, tomorrow night, game four, are the Wild going to fly back to Dallas on Monday, tied up 2-2, or are they going to take a commanding 3-1 lead? We know the answer. We know what they should do. Don't sit back on your laurels. You need to get back in there and do this, play the same type of game in front of a great rock, raucous crowd at XL Energy Center. Finally, we, before we go, we'd be remiss. Jules Erickson Eck, what a gutsy effort. Obviously, he has the fractured ankle, practiced all week, went out there. 19 seconds later, he's in the tunnel and he's heading to the locker room. And I don't think we'll see him for at least the second round until the second round. But first, the Wild need to get there. So, what does that mean? Eck is drawing out. It'll be interesting to see what the Wild do. I think, I think Sam Steele will come into that third line. Goudreau will move up to the second line, but I don't know. Oscar Sundquist is a nice player too. And, you know, I floated it out there on Twitter today. It wasn't received well. We all love Ryan Reeves. It wouldn't hurt to give him a day off tomorrow. Work Oscar Sundquist in the lineup. He's a little more offensive, still a physical presence. Move Sam Steele in for Eck on the second line, or on the third line, and then... Uh, Goudreau would go up and cover for uh, Eck on that second line. I'm not even talking goalie because we don't need to. The Gus bus is still idling in XL Energy Center, and and uh, Philip will be in net tomorrow night. This is Troy. This is the Wild Minute with Troy. This is where you come to get set up or to uh, get your download on the most recent game. Uh, follow me on uh, Instagram, Wild Minute Troy. You have a question? Email me, wildminutetroy at gmail.com. We'll talk to you soon.